I'm Heidi. And I'm Nicole. I'm Nicole's mom. And now I'm also a mom. We created this podcast to talk about all the joyful, beautiful, and sometimes awful parts of motherhood. We aren't experts, but we do have experience. Our goal is to talk about motherhood IRL. That means in real life, mom. Yeah, thanks, Nicole. And thanks for joining us in our motherful adventures. Welcome to the Motherful Podcast. Today we have our guest, Kennedy. And Kennedy is a friend of Nicole's who lives close to her. So um, Kennedy is a fantasy novel fiend, and she's usually reading one or two books at a time. She also does embroidery and loves the sentimental value that she can add to basic things with it. She loves visiting the national parks and goes to Zion National Park as often as possible. She is not an exercise enthusiast at all. She thinks working out is the worst chore after doing dishes. However, (laughs) she does enjoy walking. She likes walking in nature on paths or trails around the neighborhood with her kids or for a game of golf. Her most uncontrollable habit is buying cute things for her kids. So welcome to our podcast, Kennedy. Thanks for joining us. No, welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're super excited. That I'm so excited that you uh, admit that you're not an exercise enthusiast. There's, there's not a lot of people who will say <laughs> that, but it's okay. It's a necessary pain, but it is yes, pain. True. <laughs> okay, do we want to do lightning round questions? So let's start with what is something you can't help buying for your kids? Nicole, we'll start with you. Well, I put this question because Kennedy said her most uncontrollable habit is buying cute things for her kids. So I was like, this would be fun. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it is board books because Finley is obsessed with them. Um, She's like 13 months now. And has discovered books and, like, is starting to figure out, like, animal sounds and, like, the touch and feel books and the flaps. And so every time I see books, any any store I go into, if there's board books, I always stop to look. I'm like, oh, are there any new books that I haven't seen yet? <laughs> That's not a bad thing to be obsessed about. No. Not at all. No. I'm not ashamed to admit that one. <laughs> Kennedy, what about you? Oh, my goodness. Well, since I've had my daughter, it's definitely baby bracelets. I just go crazy. They're so cute. <laughs> um, but really, like, the Easter's coming up. So I just buy all of the cute Easter things and yeah, yeah. sunglasses <laughs> yep. and bathing suits. And it's not going to fit in a basket at this point. I need more of, like, a bucket or <laughs> I don't know. Don't tell my husband. <laughs> okay, what about you, Mom? Okay, I'm going to say that um, I'm not buying things for my kids, but my grandkids. Mm. And so for that, to answer that, it would be clothes. Because I kind of, um, when I was raising my kids, I didn't actually have that much extra money. And so I couldn't always buy the clothes that I thought were so cute. We got, we were given a lot of things, but um, like I couldn't go out and buy them. And so that's kind of my... Yeah, my uh, thing that I can't help right now. And I have someone to buy it for. So (laughs) I buy clothes for Finley. And I'm not going (laughs) to complain about that one either. Okay. (laughs) I am all right right. with that. (laughs) Okay. Um, What is one of your pet peeves? Oh, this is a hard one because... (laughs) I know. Go ahead, Nicole. 
I, well, I <laughs> had a hard time because I don't want to offend anybody. Um, but <laughs> it's uh, when my husband chews his ice. So I figured that wouldn't really offend anybody on the podcast because I don't think he actually listens to this. But <laughs> he loves his Diet Coke, which I'm sure everybody is familiar with because I feel like I talk about that all the time. He loves his Diet Coke and he loves the ice after the Diet Coke is gone even more. <laughs> and he'll just sit there and chew it in the car, on the couch. It makes me so mad. Like I hear it and immediately I'm just like angry, just <laughs> <laughs> immediately angry. <laughs> so like, I'll move all the way to the other side of the couch. I'll stop talking to him. I'll just stare at him and be like, you know <laughs> that I hate this. <laughs> he still does it. Yeah. Yep. Kennedy, do you have one? Uh, I had to think about it, but it was actually coming back tonight. We went and got drinks just for fun. And I realized that I can't stand it when my husband tells me how to drive when I'm driving. <laughs> it's like, you should turn. I know I should turn. This was the gap that I should turn. I was going to turn. You don't need to tell me. But he does it all the time. I see a trend and... here with the husbands. Uh, yeah, maybe. No, it's not husband bashing. They're just very specifically lovable. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so mine also has to do with my husband. <laughs> um, when he is driving, we pull out of the driveway and the seatbelt bell goes off. And um, I'm just patiently wait. And then we're, you know, half a mile down the road and the seatbelt bell goes off again. And I'm still waiting and I look at him and he acts as if nothing is wrong. And then I finally have to say, because I can't handle it anymore. That bell is for you. Yeah. And oh, he finally yeah. puts on his seatbelt. After the reminder from you, not from the seatbelt. Not belt from the alarm. car. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand yep. how he doesn't hear the bell. Like, it just doesn't. Yeah. Or he doesn't just bug me. Maybe he knows it's one of my pet peeves. And so he just waits to see how long I'm going to let the bell ring. That's funny. <laughs> okay. If you could win an award in motherhood, what would it be for? Um, for me, I think it would probably be singing songs. I didn't realize how much I sing until one of our other guests was filling out the questionnaire that, that our guests fill out before they um, do like record their episode. And one of her answers um, was that she sings songs a lot and she makes up quirky songs. And then after that, I was like, oh my goodness. I do that all day long. I'm constantly singing <laughs> all day long, the randomest songs. And then we discovered Miss Rachel a few weeks ago. And so not Ms. only Rachel's am I just singing, one. yep, all my own random songs, I am now singing all of Miss Rachel's songs, which <laughs> once you hear them the first time, like they're stuck in your head forever. Like forever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's yep, funny. me and Tanner sing, sing Miss Rachel all day long. Good for you. Kennedy? Our daily is we read all the time, all oh, day, every one. day. We go to the library at least once a week to oh, get new fun. books. I just, it's something that I love doing with my kids. I love doing on my own. I want them to love reading. Yeah, that's super fun. I'm a reading mom. That's awesome though. Yeah, that's awesome. I was just going to say, I have a family of piano students. They come 
Um, they live kind of far away, like 30 minutes away. And they listen to audiobooks in their car because there's three of them. So they've all they've got to drive all the way here. And then they've got three kids that they've all got to wait for. And so as a family, they just listen to like Harry Potter or like, you know, some of like the young adult like fantasy um, mm-hmm. or whatever. And I thought that was super cool the first time I heard that. I was like, that is such a good idea. I want to do that. I want to listen to audiobooks with my kids when they're old enough. I yeah, think that's, that's awesome. Fun. I like that. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, mine is, um, I think that my talent or my award would be for making edible food without a recipe. Because <laughs> That's a good one. And this that has, is a talent. This has an explanation. Yeah. <laughs> because... My I'll make something and then my kids will be like, oh, mom, I want that recipe. And I'll be like, well, uh, I'm not sure what I did that time because I don't usually follow the same recipe yeah. every single time or it doesn't. I just pull it out of my head yeah. and I'll be like, oh, yeah, this is chili. So it has this and this and this. And so and then you just keep adding things till it tastes good. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Or I use the things that are in the fridge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we've talked about this on another episode because I remember yeah. saying that that was something I inherited from you was like my ability to just open the fridge <laughs> and be like, okay, I have these five ingredients that I need to use before they go bad. <laughs> like, how can I make a meal out of this? <laughs> just throw something together. But I definitely got that from and you. And notice I said edible. Most of the time it tastes good too, but like it it's always edible. (laughs) (laughs) Well, moving on to our next segment. Um, Kennedy, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Um, and like your family and maybe how you became a mom? (laughs) Sure thing. (laughs) So I met my husband Taylor eight and a half years ago and, uh, he was good friends with my roommate's cousin. So my roommate would have her cousin over all the time and the cousin would bring Taylor and I just thought he was hot. So <laughs> um, my best friend and I ended up going to different universities. And so I remembered like calling her the night after I met Taylor being like, I just met the hottest man. I'm going to marry him. And she was just like, shut up. I did too. And yeah, within I think a year and a half, both of us had married both of those guys. So No way. Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) It was, it is pretty funny. That's way fun. And then, so we were both attending what is now Utah Tech University, then Dixie State. Um, And it was my, so I had just gotten back from a internship doing biological research with um, gastrointestinal cancers at Stanford University. That's cool. Yeah. It (laughs) was amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) I loved it. So I had just gotten back from that and it was my last semester and academic achievement has always been really important to me. And I come from a family of like highly educated people. And I knew that it's what I wanted was, you know, to get my PhD in something. And biology is just the first thing. And the only thing that I really fell in love with during my undergrad, I did explore quite a bit in a lot of areas before I landed in biology. But It was my last semester. We're applying to grad schools. And like, we're looking at ones in everywhere from the U, ASU in Arizona, um, Stanford, where I just did my internship, to just everywhere 
all yeah. over the country in states that were like, yeah, yeah, I guess we could live in Vermont. Yeah, just yeah. willing but, to do whatever you could mm-hmm. to get the right schooling. Exactly. And we even had these great big plans, yeah. or I did at least. I was talking to recruiters in Spain and England because that just yeah. sounded so cool. And I was like, this yeah. is the time to do it. We're young. Yeah, it we're married. We don't have kids. Exactly. And yep. then I remember I was studying for a biochemistry exam and I don't even remember what the lecture was on anymore but I remember that like in the middle of studying it's about midnight and I had to go to the bathroom and I was like we just talked about different hormones in the bloodstream I have this pregnancy test that's about to expire I'm just gonna pee on it because I've never peed on a pregnancy test I don't even know what they do (laughs) and it was positive (laughs) wait so you had you didn't even have any like symptoms or anything nope. you were just like this no might be nothing fun. I wasn't even late for my period that wasn't gonna like that wasn't even supposed to happen for another week or two what I just decided the first pregnancy test you ever took yeah and just for the heck of it <laughs> <laughs> I can't even imagine no me either yeah just and it was like, positive and so I was just like that can't be right <laughs> you're like these that, things are dumb that's wrong <laughs> they're broken <laughs> I really thought that, but then I like in my gut, my soul, my heart, it just knew that it wasn't wrong. What? I know. So I was just in shock. Like everything that I just been studying for out the window. I knew nothing. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I'm sure. And I mean, it felt like three hours, but really it might've just been two minutes of me staring at it in the bathroom before Taylor had gone to bed at this point because I was up late studying yeah and so I go in the bedroom and I just start poking him <laughs> you're like uh He's like what with what 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 do you I want have to tell you something and I was like <laughs> I might be pregnant and he was like what <laughs> I just show it to him and like I'm like I should be making this cute I should be making this fun people do fun things for their spouses yeah but I'm just you're like shocked. waking him up in the middle know. of the night it was too surprising yeah, yeah and he knew how much we weren't ready for that and how much even like I specifically, he was way more on board with having kids than I was. And so, yeah, then for the rest of the night, he just, you can ask him and he'll be like, I was just worried about you. I just held you. I wanted to make sure you were okay. And I was not. I was shocked and I just blindsided. Everything went blank. I couldn't feel anything. It was like a very specific kind of shock and numbness that doesn't compare to literally anything. Like when I got a call from Taylor saying that he was in a motorcycle accident and needed to be taken to the hospital. Like this was not the same as that. Well, it's so life changing. Yeah. There's no going back. Mm -mm. And that was interesting is so because I studied, I was biochem major. um, I was doing labs and stuff and there's chemicals we use that are considered teratogenic, which means that it could um, mutate and harm a fetus. Uh And so I had to tell my professors that next day, that I was pregnant oh my gosh. so that I could be kept away from harmful chemicals, which luckily at the undergrad level, um, most of the labs don't use. Okay. Yeah. But those few professors, like my two most favorite professors had the absolute opposite ends of the spectrum. And I appreciate both of them. I needed someone to be excited for me, yeah. um, which one of them was yeah. just giddy and thrilled. <laughs> but then I had, I needed the validation of it's okay not to be okay. And she even was like, abortion's legal. And, you know, I was like, technically, yes, it is. Thank you for the reminder. It's it's not a moral option for me. Yeah. But I appreciate the validity of that statement of knowing that that it's okay to not be happy. It it didn't mean it was the end of the world. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
Yeah. Which is certainly like how it felt. Mm -hmm. So, or just allowing you to feel like you had a decision to make about it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So it wasn't that you didn't really have the decision to get pregnant. Exactly. So it wasn't necessarily an avenue that I was actually considering, but it did make me feel good that there was some semblance of control in a completely out of control Mm -hmm. moment. Yeah. That totally makes sense. So finishing that semester, I was able to kind of figure out a due date and, you know, all the apps and things. And I think when I figured out, I would have been like just barely four weeks. And so right at seven weeks, I started getting sick and finishing school was such a pain. I lost all motivation. So how far into the semester were you when you found out? Just before midterms. Oh, boy. So you still had (laughs) half the semester to finish. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, like clockwork. Every day between like 10 and 1, I just needed to be in a bathroom. I was so sick. Yeah. It was oh, brutal. Worst. And so being sick and having it not be something that I was excited for or not something that I asked for and and how it was then was honestly that it ruined my life because it took away all of these opportunities from me that I was planning mm-hmm. on. It was devastating and depressing and... And then I felt guilty because I yeah. know that there's so many people who want babies so badly and will do anything they can to get them here. Mm-hmm. And here I was just getting pregnant all willy nilly and not yeah. happy at all. <laughs> not even mm-hmm. planning on it. And you're not happy. Yeah. So yeah. that yeah. was really, really rough. Just like the emotional roller coaster of I hate this, but I shouldn't hate this. But Taylor's excited and our family's excited, but I'm not. And I felt so embarrassed, too. Because I I did just come back from that Stanford internship and everybody had expected me to go to Europe and do these great things. And here I was having to choose what yeah. to do. It, it probably just kind of felt like your life was over. It did. Yeah, definitely. Well, at, at least all the plans that you'd been having for the next couple of years had to be right. changed yeah. a little bit, right. and, which is significant mm-hmm. when you're a student because you know how much... Uh, semester takes and what you have to do before the next semester and what classes you have to take. And so, yeah, that, that will change significantly. Well, and even just being a planner, like just yeah, having any kind of a plan that doesn't go the way that you want it to, it's like not picking your <laughs> really schedule difficult. for every single day yeah. for the next 16 weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how do you think you got over that part? So while I was pregnant, I don't think I ever did. I went straight to denial and depression and hindsight. I realized that maybe something I should have talked about with my doctor or maybe Taylor more. I really kept a lot of it to myself because I graduated and nobody knew because it was still my first trimester. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then I graduated in the winter. So I had that spring semester off and I just didn't need to take any classes. And so I didn't see anybody and stayed home and did my thing. And I was so sick that whole pregnancy. I didn't ever get better. That was awful. Oh, no. Yeah. And, but then it's funny, Nicole, that you mentioned um, being a planner because we decided not to find out the gender. Oh, for which, real? Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I could ever do which that. Which everyone's like, oh, I could never do that. I'm such a planner. And I'm like, me too. But it kind of helped me figure out, like, what does just a baby need? Yeah. Instead of all the details yeah yeah well so do you feel like that just simplified things for you to not have to think about this as a boy or a girl it's just like yeah handling like the idea of having a child yeah it was just this is a baby I am pregnant let's be healthy let's make sure I'm trying to eat nutrition that 
is good for fetal development mm-hmm. and all that stuff. I really was able to just focus on the baby. I am pregnant. I am with a baby. Let's yeah. try to change my mind about this is not like it was literally anything from this is not ruining my life. Mm-hmm. Or this isn't such a huge upset in my plans. Did it give you something to be excited for? Yeah, it's just it never quite got there. I got to acceptance, but I never got to excitement. So when I had Dean, it really made it so it was hard for me to bond with him. I didn't feel that initial, immediate, overwhelming attachment and love that a lot of people experience um, that Taylor definitely did. And thank goodness for that, because seeing him as an example to me of our child is loved made me want to Mm -hmm. try even harder um but really it was about six months when I was like this isn't going away and I finally talked to my doctor and they were like this is postpartum depression I was like what (laughs) no I'm not sad I'm not weepy this isn't baby blues and he's like no this is this is postpartum depression and so I was like oh yeah I didn't know that it meant more than just crying Yeah. yeah Did you learn more about postpartum depression from that point? Like, I'm just trying to think, like, for listeners who might not know, like, that that's what they're experiencing. Like, for you not knowing, like, what, in hindsight, what was it like, you know? Yeah, so postpartum depression can be anything from, and it's hard because you want to talk yourself out of it um, with, like, it's sleep deprivation. Um, It's all these raging hormones and everything. But postpartum depression, I actually learned peaks between four and six months after birth. Oh. Really? Mm-hmm. And that's about when you found out, right? That you, well. Yeah, I was six months. Yeah. My son was six months old when I went in. And it, I went because, like I said, I wasn't having any like fuzzy, warm attachment with him. I wasn't excited to play with him. I didn't necessarily feel excited to do anything. Yeah. I also had like, extremely anxious thoughts. I was like, always wondering, he's not rolling over yet. He's not babbling. He's not, you know, just hyper focused on those milestones. Mm -hmm. Uh But also, at night, just like, is he breathing? Is he breathing correctly? Is he, you know, and he was fine. Yeah, I was a first time mom who knew nothing and had this postpartum anxiety and depression on top of it. And goodness, it was just a mess. But Yeah, I think it's really important for people to track their moods postpartum a little bit, just kind of like a rate the day one to five. And if you're kind of noticing like for more than two weeks, it's like one to three. And it's not like even if you get good sleep, if you're able to take a nap, you should still be like, like with my daughter, we just had her four months ago. And I honestly cannot believe how much I could just immediately love her. And just want to snuggle her and hold her and think she is just the cutest, most adorable thing ever. And it kind of made me sad because I didn't get that with my son. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I learned a lot with him and I've given myself grace and it's taught me patience with myself and being a mom. Yeah. So do you think the difference was mostly just that your daughter was planned and your son was not? For me, maybe. I, I don't know. I think it was. There's definitely a, it's night and day difference between both of them. Like she was planned. We found out the gender. Yeah. I didn't have pregnancy and postpartum depression. Um, she's not the first child, which going from, you know, just a very free married couple to having yeah. this extremely dependent <laughs> infant is such a hard transition anyway. Whereas having a second kid, mm-hmm. it definitely is like a shake up in things, but you exactly. kind of know what you're expecting yeah Yeah. you've already done that so I learned 
I learned something once from another podcast that I thought was super, super interesting and it's just kind of stuck with me. But, um, apparently when you become a mom, you don't fully like come into that role as a mom for three to five years. Like it could take that long, three to five years just for you to like accept the fact that you're a mom and just like really like lean into it and like really like that's your whole personality that's your whole lifestyle like you accept yourself as a mom um and she was saying that like just the girl that was on this podcast was saying that like the first two years like she would go on trips with her single friends and just like or just childless friends and like be jealous that she was you know at the hotel putting her babies to bed at eight o'clock and they were out partying still and she was just like kind of like not regretted having kids, but just like really bummed and like sad yeah. about it. Yeah. And you feel left out a little. Yeah. You feel left out. You kind of like miss who you were before. You feel like you don't like know what you're doing all the time. And you're just maybe, I don't know, insecure. And you just kind of are constantly looking back. Sometimes feeling isolated. Yeah. And then once, you know, I don't even know what, what really flips the switch, but like at some point between three and five years, you just like accept that this is your life and really come to love it and grow into that and like accept yourself as a mom. And I kind of felt like that. Like when I first had Finley, I remember it was just like weird calling myself mom. I was like, this, this is weird. I'm not a mom yet. Like all my mom is not a grandma. Like this is just a weird (laughs) concept. Mm -hmm. And now that she's a year, it's like, oh yeah, like I, I feel like I'm a mom now. Like I, I kind of feel like I am more comfortable calling myself a mom. So I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. It was something that's always stuck with me. That is really interesting. And I feel it. Well, and I wonder too, if maybe it takes that long because a lot of women choose to have a baby right away, you know, after the first. Well, and to me, right away is anywhere between two and three years. And, you know, maybe by the second baby, they're like, oh yeah, I'm doing this. I'm a mom. <laughs> like, this is what's happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you're just a little bit more committed where it's like, yeah. okay, like this is my life now. Like I'm taking care of children. Exactly. And I guess I did feel like that because with Finley, it's like, with one baby, like they take a nap and you're like, okay, like now what, what do I do? I have free time. I'm not, I'm not supposed to have free time. I'm a mom. And so it's just like this weird you're kind of in like, limbo. limbo of like, but it's also like a weird kind of free time because it's not really free. You can't go out and run yeah. an errand while your kids nope. are napping. You, yep. You're stuck in your house too. Yep. Yep. Well, Kennedy, I wanted to know how you decided to have the second child. Cause that seems kind of quick. Yeah, no, that's a great question because after we had Dean, I mean, COVID happened like six months later and everyone's self-isolating. And unfortunately that year, Taylor lost two of his grandparents. And so we had these, these funerals and a lot of people at both funerals would be like, oh my goodness, he's so cute. And then, you know, not at all minding their own business asking, when are we going to have another one? And I'm like, he's six months old. He's eight months old. Yep. Um, and I was like, we're only having one. Thanks. <laughs> this is one. One is enough. Just put a stop to the all the questions. <laughs> and I really felt that. Like, I just wanted to get back to this is my kid. Once he's old enough to go to preschool, I can get back to my life mm-hmm. and call it good. It's yeah. just a break. It's like guys taking a mission or something. It's yeah. And and I did. I wanted everything 
and knowing from like a biological and developmental standpoint with my education, how important it is those first few years to be as involved with your children's lives as you possibly can be, Mm -hmm. whether that means staying at home or just like giving them a lot of attention when you come home from work Mm -hmm. or leaving them with grandparents or trusted caregivers. Like it makes them who they are on a level that I don't think can really be understood. Mm -hmm. And so I was, I was giving everything that I was to being the best stay at home mom that I could possibly be, which crashed and burned (laughs) in the sense that I am not the Pinterest perfect Instagram influencer type mom. I am doing my best every day and learning something new just as often. Yeah. But it was when Dean, my son, turned about two and he's the most awful sleeper. He still doesn't sleep very well that we kind of figured like, okay, well, we could we could maybe try again. Like we've we've talked to lots of people that have only children and two children and five children and different age gaps, everything from like, you know, the much, much shorter 18 months or four years between kids. Mm-hmm. And it just, I don't know, things were coming together that it just felt right for us. Mm-hmm. Like we wanted Dean to have a sibling. We both come from families with lots of siblings and know that it's how important it is for us to rely on them. And we wanted Dean to have that. So technically, we had Elena, my daughter, for Dean. And it's funny. I mean, she's four months old. She knows nothing. But sometimes we tease her like, hey, come on, you got to step up, earn your keep, entertain your brother. (laughs) (laughs) She can do none of these things. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, he's obsessed with her. And from the day that she was born, he's like, my beautiful baby sister. And that's the first thing he wants everyone to see is like, this is my baby. And he loves her. And we love her. She just fit so perfectly into our family. And like I said, she just came out the sweetest little baby. And I didn't even know that babies could come as nice as she did. (laughs) I didn't even know it was an option. Yeah. So God knew that after after putting exactly. you through the ringer with your first one, <laughs> he needed to give you a little break. <laughs> and a little reward for, for putting real, up with his crazy plans. I, the biggest takeaway with me having children is to just trust in God's timing because there's yeah. no way I would have had Dean when I did. I would have jumped into any graduate program that would have accepted me. And looking I mean it, it even just took me a year of being home with Dean to realize that that would have been such a mistake because I was applying to so many different types of schools. I mean, I was doing cellular, I was doing genetics, I was doing micro, just anything that sounded interesting. And I realized later that I was so interested in too many topics that it would have been hard to dedicate myself to that level that you need to complete a PhD. Or to get a job. And that was the thing is I was also, like I said, my family's really academically inclined. I was just chasing the title without thinking what it meant for me personally, Mm -hmm. what job I wanted afterward, what I needed to do with it. And so having this break and removing myself from that academic competitiveness, because I'm in there with all the same students that are going to med school, which is a highly competitive field. And yeah, you just feel rushed. And this just gave me time to take a break Mm -hmm. and realize that it doesn't matter when you do things necessarily. It's not like grad schools were going to disappear in five years. They'll always be there. Yeah. Um, Well, I was just going to say, I feel like I learned the same lesson of slowing down when I became a mom. Because when we were first married... 
Tanner was trying to decide what he wanted to do as far as schooling. And I was pretty set on my track. I, um, (laughs) I still don't know why I did this. I graduated in Japanese from BYU. Um, Well, I know why, because it was the fastest major. It was the fastest way out of BYU, (laughs) which is dumb because I should have enjoyed it while I was there. But anyways, I finished school pretty quick after we got married and I was working three jobs um, to put Tanner through school and then moved to St. George and he started working and I also got my real estate license and started doing real estate um, as full time as I could starting brand new. Um, And then I was also trying to build up my whole piano studio because I had just moved from the other side of the state. So I was trying to get all my new piano students down here. So I was very, very work driven, very focused on um, building these businesses down here in St. George. And so when I had a baby, well, it was actually when I got pregnant, um, I was exhausted. Like I, we talked about this a little bit last last week with Brooklyn talking about pregnancy, but I just did not realize how much being pregnant would like wear me out. And so that was my first little hint from God that like, okay, you're going to need to learn how to slow down a little bit. Like you're going to need to have some lifestyle changes and learn to just enjoy the moment, learn to sit on the couch and be sick, just not be (laughs) so on the go. Yeah. Yeah. Be sick. (laughs) Yep. And then especially once I had Finley, like she was a fairly easy newborn. Like, I mean, she cried, but not excessively. And like I said before, like I was bored sometimes. And I was like, wait, wait, what? Like I have a newborn and I'm bored. Like, this is really weird. This is not how it's supposed to work. And so I feel like God really just was trying to get me to just like slow down and just like enjoy the little things. Um, and even just a few days ago, I had that realization again, because I've been watching a lot of my neighbor's kids so that my neighbors can go to work. And Finley's finally at the age where she like is actually really interactive with other kids. And so now it's like, not just for me because I'm bored and I'm like, sweet, like a little bit of extra, extra income while I'm home with my own kid would be great. But now it's like, wait, this is super awesome for Finley to have these friends. Like I'm so lucky that I get to be a stay at home mom. Like that was the first time that that thought had ever crossed my mind that I was lucky to be a stay at home mom. So I feel like God is just giving me just a little bit at a time, just trying to help me figure out that like, this is my new calling and that it's okay. And that work, work will be there later on in life. And this is where I'm at right now. And I'm just learning to accept it and love it. And that's exactly what I've come to too, is like work and school, it'll all be there when I'm ready for it. But my kids Mm -hmm. are here right now and it's where I want to be. Yeah. And they're only going to be there for a little while. 18 summers, yeah. <laughs> which sounds so long for you guys. That but sounds so sad. Like a long time. <laughs> well, let's, um, let's get to the last, the final question. I think Kennedy, you've kind of already answered it, but I'll pose it and then you can answer it again. So we ask all our guests, what advice would you give to your former self about becoming a mom? I was going to say, just be patient with yourself and Give yourself the time and the grace to know that you don't have to have it all figured out all at once. 
and to just trust in yourself and in God's timing um, because I know it's super cliche to say it'll all work out, but it does, especially in the sense that you (laughs) know that you will love your children and they will be such a blessing and teach you so many life lessons that you didn't even know you needed. And Mm -hmm. yeah, just patience, patience with yourself, patience with them. It goes a long way. Yeah. That's great advice. And yeah, just other friends that I've talked to, I've had two that have had kids and then suddenly they were pregnant again and it wasn't in their timeline. It wasn't what they were expecting. And they, both of them were so devastated. And I remember just talking to them saying, it's okay. You can be sad. You can feel, you have every right to feel every emotion and not feel guilty because that's not doing anybody any favors. Mm-hmm, and right. it's okay if you feel upset that your plans got changed. Like, it's hard. It's, um, yeah. there's no need to pretend. No, there's not. There isn't. And like, my favorite scripture is Proverbs 3 5 16, which is trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thy own understanding, and all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. And I've really had to like imprint that onto my heart and soul since I got pregnant. To just trust yeah. him and his ways mm-hmm. and know that he's leading me towards what I need to be and what's going to benefit me the most, even if it's not what I had yep. planned. Yeah. That's awesome. God's timing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank you so much, Kennedy. This was super great. We haven't heard your perspective before. That's for I feel sure. like it's going to be so validating like, for so many moms. Yeah. You are very sweet. Thanks for joining us for another episode. We hope you found inspiration for your own life. And hopefully we're as funny as we think we are. Find us on Instagram at The Motherful Podcast for updates on each episode.